morning. Happy New Year. Happy Sabbath. God is good. You believe that? Let me hear you say Amen. Amen. This morning, we're continuing our series here this morning on Out of the Dark Ages, study in the book of Romans. We're doing Bible study. So I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 19. There's, I believe this Bible is in the pews in front of you on the side of you. But Romans chapter 1, verse 19 is our opening text, the third sermon in this series. And it's entitled, Creation Preaches Goodness or the Character of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. Now, what kind of God is our creator God? Is he a God that's a respecter of persons? Is he a God that plays favorites with certain people while he ignores certain other people? Is he a God that chooses to save a few while making sure that the majority is lost? Is his salvation only confined to those who come to church and hear the spoken word? These are very important questions, as the answer to these questions will affect our perceptions of God. And our perceptions of God will lead us to either love God or to hate Him. So this morning as we study from the Word of God, may we be able to see a new dimension of His character and thus may we gain a clearer picture of His matchless love for us this morning. Let us pray. Father, we know we need you this morning, and I need you. We pray for your Holy Spirit. May we all submit. May I submit to you a word this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. What has God made known unto everyone? Notice the Bible says in verse 19, as we continue our study here. The Bible says, because that which may be known of who? God is manifesting them, for God has showed it unto them. So in other words, God has showed or revealed and made known to everyone in the whole world who he really is. Because it is crucial for us to know who God is, because if we believe God to be someone he is not, a mean, cruel God, we will hate him, and therefore we will not love him, we will not want to serve him, right? But if we see God to be a loving God, God who cares about us, we will love him and we would then want to serve him because we do love him this morning. So God has made known to everyone who he is. He has shown to the heavenly host that he is a God of mercy. He has shown to every single person on this earth that he is a God of love. He has shown to all the unfallen worlds out there that he is a God who cares this morning. And if you agree with me this morning that God is a God of love, let me hear you say, Amen. 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 Look at the next verse. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 now. How has God made known his character to everyone? Notice the Bible says, For the, what kind of things? Invisible things. Now, invisible things. Like, God is invisible. The angels are invisible. Right? Holy Spirit's invisible. Can you visibly, visibly with your eyes, see invisible things? 
You cannot, visibly, right? So you cannot see that. So things, in other words, things that are invisible, we cannot see. Is that clear? Right? We cannot see things invisible. So let's go on. 120 says, For the invisible things or things we cannot see of him from the creation of the world are clearly what? Seen. The Bible is saying here that those things that are invisible or things that you cannot see, the Bible says the things you cannot see, you can see. Amen? <laughs> I know it, with man things are impossible, with the, with the Bible and God, all things are impossible. Amen? Not only that, but the Bible says the things that you cannot see, not only can you see, but you can what? Clearly see, the Bible says. Does that make sense? So the Bible says that things you cannot see, you can actually clearly see this morning. Believe what the Bible is saying. Let me say amen. amen. Can you clearly see that this morning? The things you cannot see, you can really clearly see, the Bible says. Now that's kind of crazy. How? It says being understood or understanding it, seeing or under, being understood by the things that are what? Made. What did God make in this world? Creation, everything. Nature, right? Didn't God create the trees out there? The grass, right? The sun, the moon, the stars. He created all those things. In other words, and then it goes on, even his eternal power and Godhead. God's eternal power, which you cannot see, his Godhead, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, you cannot see. But the Bible says these invisible things out there that you cannot see, you can clearly see it or you can clearly understand it by the things that God has made or through his nature, his creations out there. You can understand. In other words, you can understand how God works in the invisible realm of redemption, how we're saved. How God works in my life, how God works in your life, how God changes you, how God changes me. We can clearly see how He works and understand how He works by looking at the things that you can actually see out there called nature. Does that make sense this morning? So, invisible things out that God moves and His miraculous angels and everything all around us, we can understand it by God's grace by looking and studying and meditating upon God's beautiful creation. How many love going out there, out in the water, surfing, those who surf out there, surfing in the water, sitting on your board, watching the waves early in the morning, six in the morning? How you like there sitting on the beach and just listening to the waves roll in and crash, hearing the voice of God through that? How you like going up into the mountains, in the snow, Cap mountains right now, seeing God's beauty, his character, his love for you. God is revealed in the things that he made. You can tell, you know, there's people who can tell who made certain things. If they see a house made or built a certain way, a certain style, right? They know, oh, so-and-so corporation company made that house. But they come across a house that's perfect, a certain style of a custom home, well-built, no mistakes. They said, no, so-and-so made that house, right? In the same way, when you see how nature is and you go, wow, that's, 
God's character revealed in the things that he made. It reveals who he is this morning. And that's what the Bible says in verse 20. And then it goes on in verse 20 at the end. It says, so that they are without excuse. They, meaning the whole world is without excuse because all of nature out there teaches about God in some way. Let's go more into that. Turn to Psalms chapter 19, the book of Psalms chapter 19. In the Old Testament, it goes Psalms, Proverbs chapter 19 verse 1. What does the Bible say that creation does? Psalms chapter 19, verse 1. The Bible says about creation. The Bible says the heavens or creation or nature declares, or another word for declare is preaches, teaches. The glory, God's glory is his what? Character or declares the character or, who, or the goodness, the love of God. In other words, all of nature out there pre- is preaching the goodness of God this morning. Amen? When you rise in the morning and the birds are singing, what are they saying? We ask Anya all the time, what are the birds singing this morning? They're singing, praise God, praise God. That's her answer, praise God. Because all of nature is preaching about the goodness of God this morning. Amen? Whenever you go out there, you see God's goodness. All, the Bible says that the heavens, all of nature, preaches the goodness, the glory of God this morning. When does creation preach? Notice what it says. It goes on. And the firmament showed his handiwork. Verse 2. It says, day unto day it utters speech. It preaches. And night unto night it shows Knowledge day after day, nature is preaching this morning, amen. Night after night, nature is still preaching. You see, creation doesn't stop preaching the character of God. I may get tired, my voice may get hoarse, my body may give out on me, but nature will never quit for its life continually preaches the glory of God this morning. Beloved, in the same way, you may not teach adults Sabbath school class or any Sabbath school class. You may never preach a sermon up here on the platform. You may never even give a Bible study. But if our lives are an outflowing of the love of God, then like nature, we will never stop preaching the glory of God this morning. Amen? Our lives can be a continuous sermon, just like watching the lives of the creation of God out there. People can watch your life this morning and be preached the love and the goodness of God this morning. Just by watching you. What else is creation able to do? In verse 3, the Bible says, There is no speech, no language, where their voice is not heard. Nature preaches beyond all cultural and language barriers this morning. Amen? You know, I've been to different countries and I've spoken in different countries. Fiji, Mexico, Guatemala, Venezuela. I speak in these countries, but I always need a translator. 
The beauty about nature is that nature preaches about God and it doesn't need any translator at all. It needs no interpreter because it preaches about the love of God without anyone interpreting for itself 24 hours a day, every single day and night. How far does creation's message go? Look at verse 4. The Bible says, Their line has gone out through all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In them has he set a tabernacle for the sun. Nature's message has gone throughout all the earth, through all the world, to the ends of the world. So much so that everyone who has ever lived in this world has in some way or another heard the gospel preached to them through the vehicle of nature. And that is why every single person who has ever lived has been given a chance to hear the gospel and to either accept it or reject it. God has given every single person in this world a fair chance to get to know him in this world. Even though they may have never come to church, even though they may have never got in the Bible, even though they may have never heard a sermon or received a tract, every single person has been given an opportunity to choose between right or wrong based upon the messages being preached through the things God has made this morning. And that's what God, our God this morning, is a fair God. We cannot say, well, he never went to church, and how can God make that person be lost forever? God has chosen different avenues, maybe not the church building, maybe not a written word, maybe not the sermon, the audible word. But God is allowed through nature out there to minister to the needs of people, to speak to their hearts this morning, as he has used it to speak to your hearts this morning. Turn me to Psalms chapter 97, verse 6. What else does the heavens declare? 97, verse 6. Psalms 97, same book, verse, verse 6. What else do the heavens declare? The Bible says, The heavens, nature, declare, there it is again, declare, preaches his, what is that word? Remember that sermon we had a few weeks ago, last month? Righteousness. Whose righteousness? My righteousness? Yours? His or God's righteousness. In other words, we learn about the righteousness of God, which is through Jesus Christ. And within the gospel is the righteousness of God, and the gospel is the cross. So in, with, in other words... The heavens of nature preaches the cross of Calvary, the unselfishness, the goodness of God revealed on the cross of Calvary. All of nature preaches about the unselfish love of God revealed on the cross of Calvary. Amen? For the gospel of the cross has converting power this morning. The gospel of the cross has power to change your life here this morning. It has the power to make you to a new person this morning. It has power to transform you, to make you to become something better. And it is this power which is revealed and which the things God has made out there. For it is the same power which is found in creation that works 
in our hearts to save us from sin and death this morning. That same power, beloved, that created the snow-capped Mauna Kea, Mauna Loa up there right now, is the same power that can transform you to become a new person. That same power, beloved, this morning that creates a 400,000-pound Pacific blue whale can surely create within you a new clean heart this morning. Amen? Amen? That same power that created the planets up there in the night skies that you look upon, so vast and huge, can surely create with the same power a life of something better this morning. Amen? That created power, God can transform your life. It has converting power this morning. It is through the preaching of nature out there that not only gives you a knowledge of who God is, but it also gives you an experience of who God is this morning. Amen? Not only in intellectual sense of, yes, God is good, God is love, but God wants to give you through his creative power of nature a new life within, an experience with God, a changing life to make your life better, whatever life you may have at this time. Your home life, maybe your relationship with your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, your children, your parents, your brothers or your sisters. It can change your heart to make you a new person, to give the love in your heart that is not there, for he can create something out of nothing this morning. Amen? He can give you that love that maybe you, not, you do not have this morning. God's love can transform you to love like he loves us this morning. The converting power of God. Now let's look at the life of Jesus. Turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. And in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. What did Jesus do every morning? Notice what the Bible says. It says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, when the sun still hasn't risen yet. How many of you like to wait, rise before the sun rises? I love it. You know, I never used to be a morning person, night person, all the way. But I really appreciate now the beauties of the morning. So beautiful. The still, the birds haven't even started singing yet. To be outside in nature, it's so powerful. You can you can hear the voice of God. It says here in 135, it says, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, talking about Jesus, he woke up before day. He went out and departed. He went out into nature. He went out and he departed into a solitary place or by himself. And there prayed between his soul and his God, his Father poured out his soul before his father, being out in nature, one with God, his father. And that's where he got the strength to go on day by day. You see, Jesus knew where the power of God was to be found. It was found in solitary time, out in nature, hearing, in the very place, in the things which he created, he knew would minister to his soul because it best reflected the glory of God to him. And if Jesus 
felt the need to spend time out in nature to commune his soul with his God, shouldn't we this morning? Aren't we blessed in Hawaii? Amen. You believe that? Let me say amen. Aren't we blessed with the beauty out here? To take it for granted, not to make full use of the beauty revealed in Hawaii, what a privilege it is to be here. Look at the pink papers here at this time. They're the first beautiful, inspiring quotation I'd like to share with you from the book Ministry of Healing. It says, All who are under the training of God need the quiet hour for communion with their own hearts with what? Nature. For nature preaches and with God. Going down, it says, we must individually hear him speaking to the heart. And this is my, I love this, this next sentence. It's beautiful. It says, when every other voice is hushed, in quietness, we wait before him. The silence of the soul makes more distinct the voice of God. Amen? You see, we live in a world that is so busy this morning, very hectic, we're in a rush, so caught up in our work, our business, we're so busy, our mind is racing a thousand miles an hour, that's what mine is, it's racing, racing, things you got to do, things not done yet, things you have to go, places you have to go, so many things that need to be done, and yet, the, the very thing that the soul needs to do is the very thing that the soul does not want to do, right? Or you do not want to do. I do not want to do. We don't want to sit still in quietness. To me, it's too irritating. It's too boring. It's too painful to be in silence. How about you? To be all by yourself in a mountain, by yourself, to sit there in nature for two, three hours straight. Now that is hard. Your soul, your mind's racing and racing, but you don't want your mind to be racing over so many things. The Bible, I mean, it says right here that when every voice is hushed, when your mind stops racing and you finally get to quiet, and in quietness, you're not hearing all the cars and everything all around you. You wait before Him. The silence of the soul, you're finally able to hear more distinct God's voice. Don't you want to hear God's voice this morning, beloved? I do. I want to hear His voice, and to hear His voice, your voice must be silent. Those around you's voices must be silent. He bids us be still. Know that I am God. This is effectual preparation for all labor for God. Amidst the hurrying throng, the strain of life's intense activities, he who is thus refreshed will be surrounded with an atmosphere of light and peace. He will receive a new endowment of both physical and mental strength. His life will breathe out a fragrance and reveal divine power that will reach men's heart. Do we need God's divine power this morning, beloved? Or do we need human power this morning? We've had enough of human power this morning, amen? We want divine power this morning. Let's look at another example. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. 1 Kings in the Old Testament, right after Samuel. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. Where was the Lord found? 
Elijah just ran away from Jezebel, ran to Mount Horeb, and was actually up there in a cave, hiding out from God, ran away from God. Finally, when his mind finally would stop racing and he got to slow down, God was able to get his attention. And notice what God did. Verse 19, verse 11. God said, he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. He passed by right in front of Elijah. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Just like it's the strong wind now. It was a very strong hurricane at the time. And it, it, it devastated the mountain. But the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the wind, the strong wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, a still, quiet, peaceful, small voice. And the Lord was in that small voice. The Lord passed by Elijah with a great earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, neither was he in the fire, neither was he in the strong wind. He was not in any of those things. It was in a still small voice of hearing God. You see, although God is present in the big things that happen in the churches, although God is there present in the big island convocation, he's not truly normally found there. Although God is there in a spiritual retreat, weekend, Bible camps, or whatever, He's not normally found there. Although God is present in inspiring worship services, beloved, He is not normally found there. He is found in the individual worship between your soul and your God in His still small voice this morning. Amen? in your personal time with God, you will be inspired and may be inspired by worship services. But that is not enough to keep your soul going in your intimate connection with your God. Amen? You must be individually connected with your God and hear the still small voice with Him every single day. That quiet, peaceful time with God. When no one's talking to you, listen to the wind, God speaks to the wind also. With your cell phone turned off, right? Palm pilot off, laptop off, just you and God and nothing between. Beloved, that's where the power is found this morning. Look at the second quote here in the pink paper. It says here, There are times when we should get away from the sounds of earthly toil and human voices. Get away from other people, human voices. And in retired places, listen to the voice of Jesus. Now, our family, we have morning worship every morning. We pray, we sing, and we have our scripture reading, and we study it, the word. 
But that is not to take the place of my own individual relationship walk with Jesus Christ this morning. You must have your own time alone, individual with God every morning. Otherwise, you know, I, I say to my wife, I don't know this world is so crazy. It's getting more crazier. I don't know how my own family makes it without God every day. I have no idea how people make it. I don't know how people make it not depending upon God today and, and make it, I don't, I don't know what's happening. What's the secret? I say there must be a secret because I don't know how really they're doing it. Because I know that only with God, I can make it through my life every single day. And maybe that's why people get so much problems. That's why they get a lot of fighting in, in their homes. And that's why maybe they're getting divorces and separations and arguing. But only with the power of God. Look at it, it continues on, it says here in, in bold print. I have not time, you may say. Is that true, right? I don't have any time. But when you consider the matter as it really is, you lose no time. Amen? There are days when I have my devotion, I have no time. And all of a sudden, God clockwork sits everything in place and he solves problems before he even addresses them. And then the rest of the day, and I look back in the whole day and go, wow. I, and I, I praise God and give him all the glory. I go, wow. I can't believe how many things that I got done today. It's, it's like, it took, me, it took me days to finish this. And God, I did all this, like a whole checklist and more. You have no time, but if you consider the matter as it really is, you lose no time. You know, when you're in the spirit and you're connected and you're actually, you know, in a practical sense, even if you're at a store and you need to get things done, just your very spirit may soften the heart of this worker who's having a bad day, who's giving everyone a hard time, but is refreshed by his spirit and decides, well, this guy's a nice guy. I'm going to put him first above everyone else, right? In a practical sense, your spirit affects everyone all around you. You lose no time. For you, when you secure the power and grace that come alone from God, you do not accomplish the work. It is Jesus who is the real worker. Amen? So that God gets all the glory. He's the one that gets all the glory. I realize that in order to be effective, I need the power of God in my life this morning. I cannot depend upon my knowledge I cannot depend for success, true success. I cannot depend upon my experience. I cannot depend upon even my past successes. The only thing that will bring true success is the power of God in my life this morning. And that power to receive only through an intimate connection between my soul and my God, found in the silence and quietness of nature. Nature preaches the message of the cross, and it's this message of the cross that reveals to us what we need to do at Calvary. You see, in Calvary, it reveals the sanctuary service. In the Jewish church, they had to bring a lamb. And they brought this lamb before the priest. And what they had to do, they had to bring it, they had a knife. And then there is, the person who sinned had to put his hand over the head of the calf, of the lamb. And then they confessed all their sins on top of this lamb. After they confessed their sin, it was not the priest, but it was the sinner that took the knife and had to slit the throat of the lamb and kill it. It was this death of the lamb that gave salvation in type 
to the repentant sinner. In the same way, beloved, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain, right, from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ is that Lamb. And on the cross of Calvary is where his death took place. So when we become repentant sinners and we realize that we've sinned and we've done wrong, we are to go in our mind to Calvary. We are to go and kneel before the cross of Calvary and realize, beloved, that it was you that put him there and it was you that killed him up on the cross. And as you go to Calvary, you are to kneel before Jesus on the cross, lay your hands on him, and then confess your sins unto Jesus. After you confess your sins, you, take to, you are to take that knife, beloved. You are to go next to Jesus up on the cross of Calvary, and you take that knife, and you are to slit his throat up on the cross of Calvary. For the Bible says, those who sin, crucify him afresh. Realizing it wasn't the soldiers that killed Jesus on the cross. It wasn't the Jewish people that killed Jesus on the cross, beloved. It was you and me who killed Christ up on the cross of Calvary. And as if you sin, and every time we go to Calvary, we have to go through our mind through the same steps and go up and confess our sins and slit the throat of Jesus and watch his life fade from him as he dies up in the cross of Calvary. Every single time. And what happens, beloved, it comes to a point that you don't want to go to Calvary anymore to confess your sins. The motivation, it hurts you too much that you don't want to, and you'd rather die than sin and see your Savior hurt who loves you so much than to sin and have to go through that same ritual all over again. And your motivation to serve Him is now love. And as you go up day by day, you slit his throat and you see that he's fading away, you hear the voice, Father, forgive her, for she doesn't know what she's doing. And you go again the next time, you slit the throat, and you see Jesus' life fade out from him. You hear the voice, into thy hands I commit my spirit. As you go the next time, and his life is fading away, you hear the voice, it is finished. The only motivation for serving God this morning is love, beloved. It's not fear of going to hell or being punished on this earth. It's not a reward of going to heaven or being rewarded by God here. The only motivation for serving God is a motivation out of love. That you don't want to hurt your Savior because you love Him too much to want to hurt Him because you, ha- because you sin. Many of us have heard, already heard the gospel of Christ preached to us through his creation. But this morning, you're hearing the gospel preached to you through the spoken word. God has given many of us a second chance and third chances to preach to us through different mediums and means this morning. What will you do with the extra opportunity given to you this morning? How will we respond What will you do this morning? Beloved, why don't you submit to God and believe in his great love for you this morning? He loves you so much. He's willing to die on the cross of Calvary so that you will be saved. 
He's willing to be slain by your sins because he loves you too much because, because heaven wouldn't be a, a happy place without you this morning. He loves every single person here this morning with an everlasting love. Beloved, why don't you let his word transform and change your life? If this is your desire, would you raise your hand to me this morning? This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.